Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name is Hunter. And I'm Courtney. And we want to officially welcome you to our Scholar Showcase. I know we've been absent from putting out podcasts in a while, but that's because we've been doing some pretty special work with our scholars uh, here at Odyssey. Isn't that right, Courtney? Yeah, we've been busy. I, uh, you know, you'd think that not having a commute and getting to work from your home would make <laughs> you have like more time in your day, uh, but no. I still feel like I have less time. Um, and so it definitely has been a while since we've gotten to do a podcast, but there's been no absence of powerful conversations in my life. We've been, uh, you know, working with our scholars on daily Zoom calls to investigate activism throughout history and build a definition for the question, what makes good activism? Um, so our scholars have been, uh, you know, looking through a list of projects and selecting projects based on their personal topics of interest their current academic needs, what skills do they want to work on, right? And then finally, uh, what level of complexity do they want to put into this activism project? Do they want to do something that's going to be very straightforward, um, such as writing a letter to celebrate the activism work of a leader that they really admire, or something that's going to be multifaceted and complex, like designing a proposed event for uh, activism once quarantine ends. It's been really cool to have these conversations with scholars and see them take these project ideas and make them their own. How's it been going for you? I've been seeing a lot of the same, a lot of strong, powerful conversations, a lot of passionate conversations. I really love it when scholars select something that is near and dear to them, and they really take these efforts to heart. And I think what we're going to unfold for you uh, in the context of this podcast is just that same sort of effort uh, that we have been working with scholars towards producing. And we've now got some scholar podcasts to share with you. And I'm really super excited to use our platform in order to help their voice along and, and let their messages be heard. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I um, can't wait to see how they combine their passion and interests with their newfound knowledge of what makes good activism. It's like such a powerful moment of application. And uh, I'm grateful that they've rolled with the punches with us on this uh, assignment that was supposed to be very community facing right when we were going to be back at Odyssey. And so to envision it through this online platform is a testament to their flexibility and uh, creativity when it comes to showing their learning. So without further ado, we present to you our Scholar Showcase of Activism Podcasts. Hi, my name is Michael. Hi, I'm Raquel, and today we will be talking about air pollution. So Raquel, what is air pollution? Well, Michael, air pollution is when there's an excess amount of chemicals and particles in the air that hurt humans, animals, and the health of living things all around us. There are two types of pollutants. There are unnatural pollutants and natural pollutants. Some natural polluters can include ash from volcanic eruptions, smoke from natural wildfires, fog, and mist. The rise of unnatural pollutants started in 1971, and some of those unnatural pollutants are things like factories, cars, airplanes, smog, and something that not many of us think about, but the second-hand smoke that we get from cigarettes. Yeah, so all these things mentioned here contribute to air pollution, and so today 
we'll be talking about the effect air pollution has on us and the world around us and also what we can do to slow it down. So to begin with, air pollution can pose many health problems on us from short term to long term. Some short term problems can include sneezing, coughing, eye irritation, headaches, and dizziness. On the other hand, some long-term effects that air pollution can pose are death, diseases like lung disease, heart cancer, respiratory diseases, or it can damage your body. So it can damage your nerves, your brain, your kidneys, your liver, and other organs. Or even scarier, if you are pregnant, the air pollution can cause death effects to your child. Yeah, all those things that you mentioned there are very scary to think about. Um, I found something even scarier on an article in National Geographic, and it states that 134 million people in the U.S., which is roughly about 40% of the population, are at risk of disease and premature death, which you mentioned before. Well, on American Lung Association, I found that Los Angeles uh-huh. remains the city with the worst ozone pollution in the nation, and it has been for 20 out of the 21 years of the history of the report. Along with saying that, we know that Los Angeles is a heavily manufacturing city, so there are a lot of factories. But what most of us do not know is that the factories let out so much pollution that researchers cannot track the amount because it is so big and can spread so far wide that it actually causes acid rains in other parts of the world. Wow, that's crazy. Now you mentioned something about how they can't um, keep track of how much air is dirty. And something they can they can keep track of is how many deaths occur because of it, which um, also I found on National Geographic, where it states that in 2016 alone, 4.2 million premature deaths occurred due to air pollution. And 90% of them were in low- and middle-income cities. Yes, the people living in poverty are in a huge risk because there is so much smog around them, which makes it hard to breathe. And for those who who do not know, smog is a mixture of smoke and fog, which can lead to death and just makes it hard to breathe in general. And it also heats up our world, which kicks us off into. Yeah, going on with what you said, it's, it makes it harder for you to breathe and just to like enjoy life when everything around you is dirty. There's also, like in air pollution, there's microscopic particles that pose higher health risk on you. Um, it is known as PM2.5. And um, like when you breathe, um, you take that in with you and those microscopic particles can get into your lungs and get into your bloodstream. Um, yeah, that's really scary to think about. Another point that I found on National Geographic which is that we, there is an enormous amount of carbon dioxide because of greenhouse gas being emitted because of all the transportation that is around the world. For example, like in LA, there's so many people going in and out depending on jobs and just trying to get from one point to another. So burning fossil fuels actually, well, burning fossil fuels like coal, gasoline, and natural gas 
um, emit such an enormous amount of CO2 into the atmosphere, which is actually actually heating up our world, which is causing global warming. Yeah, it's really scary. We also we also learned like in science as well how like how our Earth systems are changing. Um, like also what you you mentioned the atmosphere and how the greenhouse effect and how our Earth. Um, it's getting hotter because of the amount of carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases that go into our atmosphere. Well, when the when the Earth warms up, um, it causes our polar ice caps to melt, and that is um, that's just another example of how air pollution can really affect um, our world. Um, like it even causes cute little animals such as polar bears, like, to lose their homes. And it's it's just sad to think how we're not, we're affecting, not affecting just ourselves, but other animals that didn't even do anything yes. in the first place. Like you said, Michael, once one of those animals die, it affects the whole food chain, which can eventually cause a ripple effect and harm our life and what we eat and our living style or how we live. Yeah, I like how you mentioned it was like one big ripple effect because that's basically what it is. It's you can also call it a domino effect. It's like with this, when this happens, this happens, and when that happens, then this happens, and you know it's just you know you just you just start to think about like what what can you like do like to stop like to slow it down, and you know there's some small things you can do and big things you can do. Um, for those who can make who can't make big changes in their lives, they can and they can make small changes in their lives to help slow air pollution down. Um, you can do things such as turning off your lights when you don't need them or um, unplugging your electronics when they're not in use. Um, you can also start recycling and reusing things um, and just not no plastic bags. It's just they're just. Like, just little things you can do. Yes, there is. So, as we said before, um, transportation is such a big reason why there is so much air pollution and global warming in our world. So, one thing we can actually do is try to limit the amount of air pollution that our cars are, are emitting. So, we can take stuff like we can take buses or we can take any form of public transportation, which allows a big group of people to go in one smaller smaller vehicle so that not all of us are taking our cars and emitting a bunch of air pollution when we can ride as one. So that would decrease the air pollution by a lot if everyone started doing that. And it'll be faster because of rush hour. There won't be as much cars in the freeway, making our life easier. But there are also other things we can do, such as walking to places or biking. We get exercise, which is great for us, and it's free. So I think that's a benefit for everyone, like our world and for us. Yeah, sounds like a really good solution to air pollution. That kind of rhymes. <laughs> all right. Um, well, thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate um, all you guys listening today. And you guys have a good rest of your day. Bye.